Let's do this. Well, hello there. I have our very special guest, Bang Ganger, Monique Bowley. Hello, welcome. Thanks for having me. This is brilliant, Monique. I'm the new Zan. You are the new Zan. She's away for three weeks and we we traditionally get a guest Bang Ganger in and it's it's hard to say, Bang Gang. I'm so happy to be in a gang bang. I mean, a Bang Gang, whatever it is. Do you know, I've been following Zan on socials, on the Instas. And I'm pleased to say that she's really keeping the holiday gloat at a low level, yeah. which I really appreciate because we're starting to come into that sort of oh, Instagram brag holiday yeah. season. Yes. You know, it's the colder. The of the year when it's cold. It's colder than a witch's tit. You're yeah. sitting there and, you know, your friend Sophie's in Bali. It's oh. just around the corner. So thanks for keeping it real, Zan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Now, now, Monique, for people who haven't heard you on the ABC Airwaves, they probably have a lot because you're on an awful lot and you've had podcasts and a glittering history around these parts. Do you yeah. want to give us a bit of a an intro as to what you're currently doing now and how you yes. got to there? I'm mainly making podcasts now. So I used to be in radio, but now I make podcasts. So I made one called The Pineapple Project. Oh, my favourite. Recently. I did a bang on about it. I know, I heard. Thank yeah. you. As and I actually... Of, as part of the fam. We were all talking about it um, in our office. It was actually... If, it, and here we go, another banging on about something, Pineapple Project. If you missed that podcast, I don't expect everyone to have listened to everything, but it really is brilliant. It, it talks about how you can manage your money and be smarter about it. Yeah, it was really fun to make because it was like I, ha- I tried to pride myself on being able to roll turds in glitter, you know, like take terrible topics that are really boring and make them quite exciting. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome aboard. So thank you. So when the ABC said make a podcast about finance, I was like, watch me go. Pass the glitter. Yeah, it's really fun. So I'm making a second season of that and a third season as well. Well, you are so welcome around these parts and I'm so glad that your voice will now be heard as part of the uh, Bang Gang team. You joining us, Monique, is not the only big news that's happening this week. Can I say the word... Yes, to you. Yes, yes queen. queen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is this not one of the highlights of life? One of my favourite television shows of this year, Queer Eye, the reboot of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Brilliant, brilliant. They turned up in Australia. We got we got some intel a few days ago, I think from our bang boy, James, who said they're in Canberra in a hotel. Yeah, in Yas. They were on their way to Yas. And um, I've got to say, I infiltrated the secret Facebook group for the Yas locals just to see How? what's really going on How? on the ground level. Well, I just requested to join. The process was very simple. It was a questionnaire. They said, where do you live? I said, yes. They accepted me. <laughs> yes and yes. It is lit in there. It's lit. They've got all the on-the-ground gossip from what's happening. So I deep-dived in. They've been at Norell's Hair Salon. They've <gasps> been at Cafe Dolcetto getting coffee. Of course they They've have. been at Label Love Boutique and the local florist too. And apparently I know the guy that, well, the word on the street is that the guy they're making over is a rodeo bull guy. He is. George ex, Hempenstall. Ex-rodeo guy yeah. slash farmer now and dad and apparently a delightful, delightful dad who needed a bit of help like all the subjects of Queer Eye do. Is but he a lonely heart dad? I think he might be a lonely heart. I've got a feeling he's a lonely He's heart. a man of the land. Yeah. He's just, the only love in his life is from the bulls. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> it's going to be beautiful. Um, I spoke to the mayor on air today as well, and she presented the the Queer Eye team with crowns. 
uh, as in her official capacity as mayor. It's pretty amazing if you get a chance to see it. Although I think the show will actually air June 22, so it's a really quick turnaround. Um, presented them with crowns so then they could all say, yes, queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> I love it. I just wanted to welcome you. I'm the mayor of Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have some special... Gifts. Can I have that chain? Because I would rock the hell out of that. <laughs> the bling is mine. The bling is mine! Oh, yeah. I just got a pop. Oh. 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 Yes, queen. Yes, queen. Oh. Yes. 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 One of my favourite stories that has come from this are the lengths that the locals will go to to try and entice the Fab Five into their oh. into their store. And there's this woman, Nicole Godding, tried to lure them in by playing Kylie Minogue really loudly and dancing in her store. And then she she says, apparently, Anthony is it that loves um, he loves avocados. And so she put a whole basket of avocados out the front of her shop to try to lure him in. Like that is a hefty investment. Avocados are two for five bucks. That, that is would have been huge. yeah. Absolutely huge. Oh, speaking of, if he did, he might have needed to cook with those because that's all Anthony can cook with is oh, avocados. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty much only got like two dishes. I wonder what he did in Yas. <laughs> oh, do you know the other thing? This isn't the first time a huge global celeb has descended upon a small town. Mm-hmm. Miff, I take you back to the 1980s, a tiny town called Corinda, population 194. It was a normal day at the pub when a man and his film crew rocked up. It was David Bowie. And you know the song Let's Dance? Let's Dance, that's Let's where he did the dance. film clip. Yes, and he just used the lo- – they, they had no idea he was coming. They just used the locals that were in the bar at the time. He didn't pay them. He just put on an open bar. And the story goes that by the time they'd all done the rehearsals for the film clip, everyone was absolutely legless. So how rock and roll <laughs> is that? Imagine David Bowie coming to your local pub. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go and re-watch that yeah. clip with new eyes now. It's amazing. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that story. Mm. More celebs in country towns, please. Do it. Is that the swing version of the Sex in the City thing? From the movie. Mm. That Mm. felt like a a jacket that doesn't fit anymore. I thought it was a rights issue, Bang Boy. I was like, maybe we don't have the copyright to play the actual song. That stuff's expensive. Sex in the City's expensive. Yeah. Those shoes, those Manolo Blahniks, still can't even say it right. Um, The reason we're talking sex in the city, though, is because June 6th, which is either very close to when we record this podcast or whenever you're listening, just June 6th, is 20 years since the very first episode of Sex (gasps) in the City was aired. And it's been really interesting to start watching the think pieces trickle through about not only its role and how it changed television, in particular for women, um, women of a certain age, but I think a lot of women in general, not necessarily women of a certain age. But um, now it's the the think pieces seem to be turning a little bit because there was a bit that went down in Sex and the City that perhaps wasn't quite so uh, politically correct, for want of a better term. Articles like, Why Do Today's Feminists Hate Sex and the City? have been coming through thick and fast. And I I think it's probably really important to note those reasons, but also then to kind of forgive it a little bit, given its early beginnings. Yeah, it was sort of like 20 years is a long time Mm. in the landscape, especially I feel like things have really advanced in the last 10 around like what what's good to talk about what's pc what's not yeah. but um 
You're right. Rowan Pelling wrote this piece in Fairfax this week saying mm. that for many of today's feminists, the show is just way too consumerist. It's too white. It's too privileged. It's too straight. It's too obsessed with a, a man being at the centrepiece. Mm. And as a saviour figure. That's right. And, I mean, she's got a point. The decision to make four straight women <coughs> in real life, one of them, Cynthia Nixon, as we know now, is gay, seems kind of perverse now like when you watch it these days some of the things the storylines are like quite problematic oh absolutely there's an instagram account called woke charlotte which looks and i love it if anyone hasn't looked at woke charlotte yet please go and have a look what she does is reassess a lot of the things that happened on uh sex in the city from an intersectional feminist perspective and it's freaking hilarious Mm. absolutely hilarious like when and this is mentioned in the article is too is when carrie wears her ghetto gold um, jewelry for fun, you know, dress ups, that kind of thing. Woke Charlotte has a comment on this now. Like it went, it went through with. There were crickets, you know, like no one said anything when she did that. It was just costume. But but now Woke Charlotte has said uh, the statement. That statement, Carrie, is deeply classist and displays a complete lack of awareness of your privilege as a white woman. So I like this reimagining and and looking at it as if it is a time capsule piece and that there were things that were inappropriate by today's standards and there were certain behaviours that you just wouldn't get away with now and and the consumerism and all of that but it also has a sense of joy about the role that that entire show played for so many people in changing the way we looked at women on television. Yeah, you're you're dead right about that. Before Sex and the City, your best hope of watching a bunch of gal pals on in a comedy was the Golden Girls. Yeah, that was so Sex much and the City paved the way for shows like Broad City. It paved the way for shows like Girls. I read a piece in the New York Times that was absolutely amazing. But I think it was Emily Nussbaum. She's a TV oh, yeah. critic. She's amazing. Her writing's beautiful. And how she says that the show had a lot of strength in it, in that there was a lot of willingness to showcase complexity. Like you are encouraged to identify with one of the characters, but you didn't always like what they did. And it wasn't a show that always went for the easy answers on things. They kind of did look at, oh, there were storylines about uh, Charlotte's fertility issues. Miranda struggled with breastfeeding. Samantha had breast cancer. You know, they got, they had sexual encounters that were really unwoke and they defended each other around that as well. So there were it was really progressive for its time and some of it still really is. And it, was it one of the first TV shows to say the C word as well mm. on within the show on American TV? I'm sure it's probably happened in Australia by accident because we're all filthy filthy rat bags but um, I think it was one of the first. Yeah. And yeah, and they weren't frightened of that sort of stuff. So I I understand why people might think it's it's passé and it's done, but I also I feel like, am I apologising? Like, you know, like men 20 years ago, oh, boys will be boys and that's fine. Like in 20 years, me apologising for sex in the city, is that going to be like, oh, she's just a no, out-of-date old mole? <laughs> because you have to understand it in its context and its time and its place. And But the question to ask is if it was a new show today, if they made that show exactly the same today, would it be savaged? Mm. And oh. I don't know, at the time it was even savage for how it was. Incredibly savage. And that's been the fun thing about this anniversary is looking back at some of the reviews that came through of the show. And they were so ordinary, some of them, and clearly quite sexist. Yeah, The Cut have been running, (laughs) they ran a piece online called The Worst Ways That Men Covered Sex in Mm. the City, and they are so great. Oh, so great. First one, um, Sex in the City. 
is a show about four only in New York narcissists. In this case, four narcissistic tinkerbells with attitude. Goodness me. Now that the genial souls, editors note, women out there have seen Sex in the City, how many of them will ever risk going out with anyone from here again? Hmm. After watching even one of the episodes, how can they respect us in the morning? My favourite's the Washington Post. This is 1999. Sarah Jessica Parker has an in-your-face face. She always seems to be thrusting it forward with her straggly hair and her jutty jaw. She usually seems so light and funny. It's dismaying to see her looking like a walking flea market. Oh, it's so harsh. <laughs> so harsh. And then my favourite, though, comes from the Age newspaper in Melbourne in 2003. And I suspect I might know who wrote this. Um... This goes into some depth. As the fifth series draws to a close on Channel 9, it seems timely for a man to offer a critical look at the influence of this all-women <laughs> comedy. Thank you, sir. No, for, don't. For giving us Please your... Don't. It's timely. He said, <laughs> it may be male paranoia, but Australian women seem to have adopted attitudes portrayed in Sex and the City. Women seem to be playing the field with a more detached and critical approach, fueled by a suspicion that all men might be toxic bachelors, a phrase introduced in the first episode of Sex and the City. Some women are almost trawling for a mate. God forbid they might want to root. Um, one Melbourne friend, that was me, not him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one Melbourne friend said she had made it a policy to accept every social invitation just in case. A kind of scattergun dating policy. It is as if the line between hunting for clothes and hunting for men has finally been dissolved. How has, have men survived those difficult times that Sex and the City brought forth for them? What a pearl clutcher. I love I that. <laughs> well, we're all on the catwalk with that, and I loved it. Um, Miss America have announced in an updating of what Miss America is, they're ditching the swimsuit section of the Miss America competition. Yeah, bathers are dead. Bathers are off. Put them in the bin. Yeah. Yeah, and evening gowns too, Miss. Evening gowns as well. That's right. They're, they're allowing you to wear whatever the heck you want. It's trackies on the catwalk. Do you think that will happen though? Like what? No. Yeah. This is what, like, I'm so confused by all of this. I understand the need to update a competition that's been outdated since it began, but... <laughs> Yeah. So this this is a full do-over of the Miss America. Miss America has a brand problem massively because in December last year, there was this email scandal. I'm not sure if you mm. missed that. You might have missed it. What's but the juicy. CEO, it's juicy. Oh, juicy. The CEO basically came out and they mocked the winner's intelligences. They mocked their, their weight, their sex lives, everything. And these emails were linked. So they dumped the old board. They were like, you're out. We're going to refresh it all. And they hired, I think, they instigated this new board. So seven out of the nine board members are now women. And the head of Miss America, the new chairwoman, is Gretchen Carlson, who once sued Fox News for sexual harassment. So she's all like, Gretchen's in the house. Things are going to change around here. Mm. And so it is the Miss America do-over. But do you believe it, Miff? I don't know. It's uh, it's still a business. And it is it is essentially a business. Be- begun. It's a, a charity. A charity. Yeah. But, I don't know. Can you update something that already stinks of old 
dinner. Like, <laughs> it really does. I'm, I've never understood the whole idea of pageants in the first place. I mean, I grew up in the country and they used to have Miss Beef Week at the local show or, you know, Miss... Um, you know, Miss Miss Redcliffe's. Or... Were you Miss Beef? No, no, oh. I didn't. Uh, sadly, no. <laughs> sadly, no. But, you know, they still had all that. And I never understood it. Even as a young girl, I thought, why do the girls have to get up in a pretty dress and, mm. and do that? Why do we have to compete against each other for who's the most appropriate or the most acceptable and and you know that whole idea of miss america is not different it's actually about being very much the same same body types um smart enough to talk mm. you know on social issues and that kind of thing but i i think life's a competition why do women need the separate competition to judge their beauty and their poise and their intelligence and it's like just the world's yeah. so different now. If Miss America wants to get out of the whole sexism game, then they just need to stop do- making Miss America, really, yeah. don't they? Like yeah. They'd have to go to so many huge great lengths to even rebrand this completely. They'd have to – it would have to look completely different. But the reaction on social media has been so extreme. Mm. What a shock. <laughs> There's been all these, like, handmaid's tales um, – like the women in their cloaks, people are going, oh, look at, take a look at next year's Miss America pageant, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the other side of me. I quite love watching these sort of things. I love the trashiness of it and I love the showiness and the glitz and the and the glamour and all of that. So, And it, that might not be, but I, just, I still just don't even get it as a premise. Well, but are you, you pleased did, were you at least? Ever, were you ever in a, like, those, you know how they did those baby no competitions way. even for, like, newborns and newborns are weird and people still put their babies in for those things. Yeah, I don't know what that is. But I are you at least pleased that it's a small step in a small direction? Because yes. And it's also come off the back of other great things that have happened. So Formula One have axed their grid girls. Mm. Darts girls, I didn't even know there was a thing called darts girls. Apparently on darts competitions they get walked out by bikini girls. Yeah, mm. And I, I'd imagine with the, dart, the, the calibre of darts competitors they probably put their cigarette <laughs> in their mouth while they're doing a dart. <laughs> Well, darts girls are dead as well. They're over. Cycling's tour down under in Australia, run in Adelaide. They ditched its podium girls and then now, they now have young cyclists instead up good. on the podium. So is a small step enough? A small step is good. Baby step. A small step is good. But, I, yeah, just the, like I hate to be that person, but like I looked up Mr. America today and it's a bodybuilding competition. Oh. <laughs> you know, they get to be strong and tough and brr, and like... My favourite article on this was the Associated Press um, rang up the current Miss America and they said to her, um, in, the, in the nine months that you've been Miss America, have you ever had to don a pair of bathers as part of your duties? And she was like, uh, no. <laughs> Case closed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, too good. All right, now it's time for our favourite part of the week. Find out what we're banging on about. Riding around on the aces, so Justin Hazelwood, he's a comedian, singer, musician, writer, um, beautiful writer as well. That song always makes me laugh. Uh, Northcote is the name of it. And he was taking pot shots at hipsters back in the mid-2000s, far before anyone else was. He's written this book, and it's not his first, and I'm only halfway through it, but I'll finish it as soon as I can. Look, it's, it's all dog-eared. Yeah, it's called Get Up, Mum, and... It's about his experience. He's written it in 
from a 12-year-old boy's perspective, living with his single mum who has a severe mental illness. And it's one of the most brutally honest and funny and devastating books I've read in a long time. The side note from the title is, of all the voices mum hears, I wish one of them could be mine. And it's... Seriously, this guy has, knows how to put a word together. He always has entertained us in a musical way and in a funny way. And, and now he's written this book that is just so searingly honest and wonderful and terrible and everything that he covers is quite traumatic. But it's uh, it's a story that I feel like needs to be told and this is a very serious note to end bang on on. But just go and read it. Like it's, yeah, you're laughing and crying and, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. I can't wait to finish it. He's made us laugh, but this will make you laugh and cry. And it's a really, I think it's really important work. Mm. So go read if you can. It's called Get Up Mum and it's by Justin Hazelwood. What are you banging on about? Well, me and Bang Boy went on a date (gasps) to see Ocean's 8. Oh, Monique. Monique, tell me more. So, okay. The premise of Ocean's 8 is. Uh, I haven't seen the other oceans. I'm new to the ocean. I was in a desert, but here it is. So it's some sort of like <laughs> heist movie where they rob people, yeah. basically. This is so epic, this movie. It's full of fashion. You would love it. Oh, yeah. It's this masterful heist. It's got an all-female cast, like a big star-studded cast, like Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Rihanna. It just goes on and on. Anne Hathaway. Oh, my gosh. Everywhere you turn, there's a cameo from like Kim Kardashian, uh, Anna Wintour. It's just <laughs> really? Serena Williams, Maria Sharapova. This sounds like Heidi heaven. Kuhn. It is amazing. Amazing. It's set at the Met Gala and um, oh. they are the premise is that they're going to rob the Met Gala, right, <laughs> of all the crown jewels, the royal crown jewels. Anyway, I'm not going to give away the storyline. All you need to know is it's got really powerful messages about empowering women. It's super diverse casting. It's um, women in all the lead roles. There's not a single romantic storyline in the whole thing. So if you are just done, if you are going through a breakup, if you're single, if you're this like, I'm sick, for you. it, yeah. It is the movie about for you. There's this beautiful part where Sandra Bullock looks in the mirror right before they're about to do this heist and she's like, don't do it for me. Don't do it for each other. Somewhere out there, there's a little eight-year-old girl dreaming one day that she's going to grow up and be a criminal. And I was just like, yes, Sandra Bullock, yes! (laughs) It's worth it just to see Sandra Bullock's 54-year-old face on the big screen. It's it's fairly immaculate these days, isn't it? She's... um... Yeah. She looks better in prison scrubs than I will yeah. ever look in my life, <laughs> ever. It's so fun. Ignore the plot holes. There's a few of them. Ignore and just enjoy. Really? Oh, yes. There's, and some of the reviews have said, oh, you know, it's fluffy and it's light and, you know, it's just it plays it really safe and it doesn't live up to its predecessors. I'm like, why can't we just enjoy it for what it is? It doesn't have to be all things to all people. Yeah. Just let it be a star-studded heist movie. And you know what I love? You bought me a present from the movie premiere that I'm going to open now. I know. When we got this there, there said, were gifts on the chairs. It says, girls night out. I couldn't come to the – I can't even open it. What would you give people at a sexy, empowered, badass criminal heist movie the as parcel, a gift? The parcel. I was opening it. Perfume, body lotion and a toiletry bag. <laughs> <laughs> and what? An, and an eyeliner. Eyeliner. Oh, that's pretty cool. 
on some lip balm. Great. That's it. That's it. Yep. That doesn't say girls' night out at all. Doesn't, <laughs> what it needs is a pair, one shoe. <laughs> It doesn't quite say criminal mastermind either, but I guess you do need poor poor on your lips when you're you do when you're in the moment. You do. Oh, thank you for that present. That's <laughs> <You're> amazing, <welcome. laughs> Monique Bolly. Thank you so much for coming on. It's just been lovely to have you part of the Bang Gang. Thanks for letting me bang with you. We love it. Ah. See ya. Bang. 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 Bang on. We really do sit there while the echoes go off. Be quiet. I love it. (laughs) Because none of us, we sit there and we can't, we can't (laughs) not talk over it. (laughs) Double J.